It's finally here. Bigger, faster, stronger. It's time to put on the pads. Faster, quicker, more agile. And make some noise. You got it. Hit, hit, hit. Just leveled. Wow. Your defending AFC South champion, Houston Texans, are back for training camp. 15-yard touchdown run for Deshaun Watson. Welcome to Texans Training Camp Live. Your sideline pass to everything that's going on with your Houston Texans. Texans Training Camp Live is presented by Academy Sports and Outdoors. And by Geico and Papa John's Houston. Now, let's go down to the Houston Methodist Training Center. Here are your hosts, Mark Vandermeer and John Harris. All right, let's go across the street to NRG Stadium, and that's where we are today in the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio as there's no practice, but we've got plenty of audio from practice. We've got plenty of thoughts. We're going to take a full-team inventory. John McClain's going to join us. The guys, Sean and Seth, were talking about what 10 players you'd use to start an NFL team well, 10 players. The real men reduce it to five and make it difficult, okay? And by the way, just another reminder to us that air conditioning is one of the greatest inventions ever, maybe the very best. Thank you very much mm-hmm. for air conditioning. Yes. Just wanted to point that out. Thank, thank you. Yes, thank you. After yesterday was the hottest day of camp by far. It was oh. a real vintage Houston Texans training camp day. And uh, good to be inside. They'll be back outside tomorrow for the open practice, the next one, the second open practice. And then Monday, Tuesday, we're live from not Lambeau Field, but near it. Don we, Hudson Training Center, I think, is what it's oh, called. Oh, yeah, you I would know this because that's, uh, that's where you messed up the punt, pass, and kickback. It was day. not called Don Hudson Training Center back then, but it, I think it was just the pa- Packers practice field. So it will we'll be somewhere around. How come it's not the Bart Starr Training Center? With the Jerry Kramer. It's a, it's a great question. Like, everywhere around there is, like, Lombardi Way, Don Hudson Center. Don, listen, Don Hudson was a revolutionary at the wide receiver position. If you go back and look at his numbers from back in the 30s and 40s, he's one of the greatest of all. I mean, even today, but his numbers were so far beyond everybody else. Like, everybody was catching, like, 20 and 27 passes. There was one year I think he caught 90 passes. What? Uh, it was ridiculous. I have to go look it up. But he he was very highly thought of. So now we know who Don Hudson is. He's a Packer receiver from the 30s. You oh, know, he ne- was, he was the week, greatest. We're going to have all these opportunities to uh, to talk about the history because I know that uh, Kamla, Clinton Kamla are going to be there doing the afternoon show from the atrium. Yeah. At uh, And there's the Packer Hall of Fame right there. Oh, Packer Hall of Fame is the best. You know, the Hall of Fame game Love. was last night, and the Hall of Fame's great. But the Packers, you know, an NFL team plays there, and this is a 100-year-old team, and it's very cool stuff. Yep. So I'm looking forward to being there as we're celebrating the 100th birthday of the league, and we get to open the preseason there, so that's very cool. We're doing our top 100 moments right now. Boy, I have a lot of thoughts. I just had some coffee, so I'm about to go <laughs> off on 10 tangents. Let's just keep it in the day, keep it in the moment, and get to some hot reads here as far as what's going on around camp. And the Texans out of the field yesterday. Bill O'Brien, he met with the media after practice. A lot of situational work, a lot of good work done yesterday despite the searing heat. We pretty much do that every every day, some type of two-minute situation, end of the half, end of the game, including like four-minute, you know, where we have the lead and we haven't gotten to that quite yet. But um, we work that every day, so that's really, really important. I mean, all of those things, so many different things come up. You know, like yesterday we did it and the 10-second runoff rule came up relative to the review of a score at the end of a game. 
And so, um, you know, we, we were able to talk about that in the team meeting today. So, so many things come up. It's great, great, great work. Boy, the 10-second runoff rule, they practiced that. Okay. Now, here's one that came up the other day. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see what you have to say about this. Okay. So, they were doing a situational drill, and they were down five. Yeah. No timeouts. Mm-hmm. And they get it down, and they scored a touchdown mm-hmm. to take a one-point lead with three seconds left. Okay. What do you do the very next play? What do you do? Oh, you're saying, all right, so you're up one with three seconds left. Now, if you kick it and get blocked, they, you're up one, they can kick to it, right? They can return it for a deuce. Right. A blocked extra point can be returned for two, and they can beat you on that. So you're saying go for two what? and just what? take a knee. Wait, wait. Oh, you can't take it. Wait a minute. Wait, you, wait, wait. you said it. You, you don't go for two because then they can return that too. Right, so you just take a knee on two, but Bingo. now you're kicking off. Yeah, but they, but they can't kick a field goal to tie it, right? Right. They can't kick a field goal. In three seconds, you can't kick a field goal to tie it, right? You oh, need yeah, yeah, two yeah, plays yeah, to yeah, kick yeah. a field goal. Right, right, right. You need right. the return, and are you going to return it? So there right, comes a right, point right. where you take a one- or two-point lead but the, in that, the game. Oh, that's interesting. At the end of the game. Yeah. And there's got there's a time limit. There's got to be this time. Like if you take a one or two point lead inside, I think it's inside eight seconds. Right. Because there's no way you can only get beat. You need two plays to kick a field goal to tie it. Yeah. You need a return and a field goal. The return's gonna take eight seconds. I love these situations. I you love take going a knee. over this stuff. You take a knee. Okay, so there's a review inside two minutes. Do you go to the refrigerator, get a beer, or do you just sit in front of the TV? What do you do, Johnny? Or do you take your radio with you while you go to the refrigerator? Well, these are very. This is situational work at home as a viewer. You should have he- uh, wireless headphones mm-hmm. and be listening to us all the time. Go get your drink, yep. and if you got to go to the bathroom, we'll tell you what's going to happen. Yeah, and then we will. You just Come yeah. right on back after that. Exactly. Okay, so it's situational football. It happens at home. It happens on the field, of course. Also, a uh, big topic yesterday, of course, after the Astros acquired Zach Greinke was, hey, the Texans, this role of the different people in the organization and how they make deals, how such deals might take place. Look, they've been making moves here. This organization yep. has been making moves. They're subtle little moves, but they've been making moves, and they're going to make more. Obviously, they're going to have to cut down to 53 after the fourth preseason game, probably pick up, or I can't say probably, maybe pick up a player or two or more after the waivers uh, or during the waiver period. We'll see about that when the time comes. But Bill O'Brien was asked about the process involved in acquisitions and such. Let's hear it. We go in there every day and we meet. We sit down and meet. A group of people meet. Uh, we talk about how practice went. We talk about all the things that are going on around the league. We talk about different things that relative to our team on our roster, maybe not on our roster. Everything's talked about. There's a lot of different things that go into decisions that are made. There's a lot of things that go in. Culture fit, salary cap, money, role role on the team, uh, where, where you have an excess of really good players relative to where you may have some depth issues. I mean, there's just there's probably a hundred things that are spoken about relative to your decision to to do something, whether it's with the team that currently exists or something outside the team. But we talk every day. We've got a great structure of communication. And we talk every day. In other words, if they think they have a surplus or they're really thin at a certain position and they want to go get somebody, these conversations, believe it or not, actually do take place, mm-hmm. and they'll make the effort to make something happen or not. And believe me, this time of year, you're not seeing these 
kinds of moves being made in the league because even if you have a, quote, surplus at a certain position group, you're thinking, all right, I get one injury, and now what do I have, right? right? It's like pitching and – I say pitching in baseball all the time, but it's any position in any sport. You know, you don't feel comfortable departing with something at this time of year. So it takes two to tango to make a deal. You know, everyone talks about Trent Williams or whatever. Look, the draft choices in the National Football League have tremendous value. This isn't the NBA where people are just like, I throw four number ones yeah. and let's go. This is there's a lot of value here and and if I'm Washington, all right, yeah, come get them, but I'm I want the house, you know, for for whoever's dealing with them right now. Well, there's rumor to be one team dealing with them that you hate like poison. I do hate them like poison, but Johnny, I have a hard time seeing them give up a lot to get them. Well, that's the other thing too is if you are going to go out and trade for Trent Williams, it's very similar to the franchise tag players that got deals. Frank Clark got a deal after the trade. He got a deal from Kansas City, so mm-hmm. they worked a deal. Trent wants a new deal. Yes, right. he is mad at the Redskins, right? But Trent wants a he wants a deal. And I know. So people, you got to make you got to depart part ways with a draft choice or whatever, right? And money and money. So you got both. That's why so you fl- better be sure yeah. that that's the guy at left tackle. Now, I I've said this a few times. I've watched him. Uh, I, I've got, I went and watched him against Jacksonville. I wanted to see him against Ngakwe and against Calais. Uh, yeah, he can still play. He can still play. Uh, he, yeah, this just in. Oh no, he's good. There's no but, question. But, but we won't what does see. It cost you? We won't see. I don't think any kind of movement on those things until we get a little bit closer to the regular season because you get in the preseason. People want to see what they have. Yeah, they want to see what they have. Plus, you're going to start seeing some injuries happen in some yep. of these inter squad scrimmages, right. preseason games. Mm-hmm. Things might you know might happen over the next couple of weeks. That's when you start feeling like, oh, we're a little bit more desperate than we were two weeks ago or a week ago. So. That's when I think you start kind of seeing things over the next couple of weeks because you don't want to do it the week of the first game. Right. You'd like to have some some lag time, but you don't want to do it right away because you're like, hey, you know, we're still kind of trying to figure things out because, like you said, it's going to be draft picks and it's going to be money. And the thing is, you can part with both because you might get some compensatory picks. Might. But more than likely, you'll get some compensatory picks. And you do have some money on their salary cap. So you are positioned to be able to do it. I I liked hearing that from Bill because that's really kind of the first time where he's – I mean, I think we all knew it, but just to hear him talk about, hey, there are a lot of factors that go into it. And here are the factors that we're all taking into account. Right. I think that's the first time he's ever really kind of pointed that out. Not that it needed to be. I think everybody knew that. But I said it yesterday when I was on in Austin when it comes to something like this, Mark. You've got to – first of all, you've got to have a need. Then you've got to have the resources, both draft and money, because he's going to want a deal. And, and then you've got to make sure uh, that – and Bill said this. Can he be a good locker room fit? And I've never heard anything bad about Trent. I've heard right. from Washington – the Redskins say he's a great teammate. But, you know, what's this whole thing going on with well, his – what's his health? Medicals. That's the last one. Like, medically – like, is there any concerns there yeah, that we don't know I mean, about? That's, you they, always have to you, check obviously, that. That's due diligence. You have Absolutely. to make sure that's there. I got no an email question. from somebody yesterday who's a good listener, and he said, hey, you were saying that you know they, they do discuss these things, and, and, and this, this guy said, what if the Texans feel like they need a corner, for example? No one's working on it. I'm like, they're, if they feel like they need a player, they're talking Hold about up. it constantly. Like O'Brien just said, it's easier said than done. Uh, who's, who's parting ways with an excellent player right now? For a price that you're willing to deal, you don't have to take all these things into consideration. But hold up. Who says they're not working on it? Yeah, I know. Who says these guys aren't going back and watching 
everything. What do you mean they're not? They see practice every day, and and they know more than anybody about this particular team. So they know what they have and what they don't have. Mark, I can guarantee you. I guarantee you. There's nobody. There's nobody in this city that knows more about the league. Knows more about the league than than I do, and I I almost hate saying that. Those and I know five percent of what those guys do. Those guys in the pro personnel department are constantly, constantly looking at what is out there. They know the depth charts of teams three and four deep. I don't want to hear anything. Oh, they're not working on it. What do you mean they're not working on it? That's the biggest load of you-know-what I've ever heard. I love it when Johnny brings out the hammer. That's All right. just ridiculous. Next up, we promised we'd take some inventory. We're going to do it throughout the morning here. And that's kind of an extended topic, all right? That's a little bit of an extended topic. Oh, by the way, one more point to what we were just talking about. Uh, Florio talked about San Diego and Melvin Gordon mm-hmm. and how Gordon might have overplayed his hand because, all right, great, he wants a new deal. Right. But if he wants a trade, not only do you have to trade for him if you're one right. of these teams, then you got to give him a running back deal. And paying a running back is a sticky wicket. We all know. Look what's happening in DFW right now with a guy who's really good. Yeah. And the whole team is kind of shaped around him. Exactly. Not even kind of. It is. So it's uh, easier said than done. It's complex. Next up, quick snippet, Peter Kalambai. This is a fun guy. Second year. Yeah, he's fun for us to listen to. He's a good player. Drew Doherty, dirty dozen questions with him. Team inventory. we got to get to our five players. We will definitely do that the yes. next segment. And you and I have different quarterbacks. They, they can't be Texans. Right. That's our, that's our rule. They We've can't added be another rule. And we'll go back over the criteria. But this is something you and I talked about right after our show last night. Yep. Because we had seen that article, and I heard Sean bring it up today, and I was like, oh! And then you said, we're going to do five. I've, I've, but no Texans. That's the other rule. No Texans. Darn it. Okay, it's Texans Training Camp Live. Texans Training Camp Live. Texans Training I'm Whitney Merciless. Don't get blindsided like some of the quarterbacks I face. For his latest news and exclusive interviews, download the Houston Texans mobile app and listen to Texans Radio. Yeah, and also stream the preseason games. You can watch them on the app. How about that? Watch the games on the app. Listen to the games on the app. Basically live life on the Texans app. And all season long, you can watch the games on the app. That's going to be very cool stuff. Also on ABC 13, right here on Sports Radio 610. There's so many ways. We want to make it so you cannot avoid the games. Starting one week from last night. Johnny, it's game week. It's Monday. (gasps) It's, it is. It's game week Monday. Don't do it. Don't do it. It's don't, game don't, week I, Monday. I know. We are less than a week away. Like that. That's all I need to know. We're less than a week away. That's all I need to know. And think about this. Do you know that when we're on the air Monday, it's going to be game week Thursday okay, because stop. the next day will be Friday because Thursday is Sunday next week. Okay. I can't do that. Yeah, it I is. I can't do that. But how about this? It's all happening. Saturday, fans at practice. Yeah. Two practices in Green Bay in front of the fans. Mm-hmm. Game Thursday in front of the fans. Then come home. I can't There's recall. nothing Friday. Nothing Friday. I can't remember Saturday. I think they'll get ready for the Lions coming, and then the no the Saturday fans. is a practice. Right, Saturday is a practice. Yeah. I don't know if the fans are there, but they're going to be the Texans. Saturday, be Sunday, for the Monday. Fans the next how many ever days? Next, the Lions practices are going to be, I think, in front of the fans. They so. are. They are. So next week it's going to be they'll practice Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday off, then Wednesday, Thursday, Lions, Friday, you know, walk through whatever. Saturday, home preseason opener here. So two weeks from tomorrow. Here at NRG Stadium, state of football game. It's going to be huge. All right. Top five players. If you were starting an NFL team, yeah, yeah the ESPN thing was for the next three years. Next so three it's not years. like getting through this season. So Tom Brady's probably out for a lot of people. Yeah, I don't think he got any votes. Now, because it was three showed, years. They only showed 
players that got two votes. Okay. That's it. So you there were Brady was not one of those guys. Right. Because they figured that ah, three years, you got to go three years, not one season. I kind of like this, the three-year thing, because it eliminates the older guys. You take out Breeze, Brady. I don't know about Rodgers. You might keep him, but uh, it makes him. it tough. You take out Roethlisberger, Rivers. No one's going to pick Eli Manning anyway, but he's up there, class of 04. But what do you think here? Mahomes was the overwhelming, in the ESPN thing, yeah. the overwhelming quarterback he choice. He was the guy. He was the guy. I, you know, I, I think he's terrific, and I think everybody should be eager to see what the encore performance is like. Not that he's going to take a step back or anything. He's obviously phenomenally talented. In the AFC Championship game, played well enough to win. You know, if the but defense... he missed a huge throw in the first half that nobody ever talks about. He had Damian Williams wide open on a running yeah. back wheel route. He hits that. It's a ball game. Like you don't even, in the first you don't even half? In the first half. It was yeah, I know. But still, if the defense makes a stop, they win. And we're familiar with that phenomenon. Well, true. That's what I'm saying. But he everybody has throw, their – I'm not pointing fingers because the offense and the defense, you know, it's a team game. And but if I'm, not picking, make if I'm not picking four, then I'm picking Mahomes. All right, we're not allowed to pick a Texan. So you're going to pick Mahomes. I'm going to pick Mahomes. Here, here would be my five. I would pick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. I – I still want Julio. Like I know that his health at times can be concerning, but if I'm not if I'm not allowed to pick Hopkins, I'm picking Julio. I need I need somebody to throw to. I think he is the. You said eraser for Deshaun. That I think Julio is kind of the receiver eraser, and I think he's. And that's what Hopkins is too. Yeah, exactly. I I think Julio, Julio's, you he's built in a lab. Yeah, I mean he's built in a lab. So I'm taking Julio for wide receivers. I have somebody to throw to. I need to protect my quarterback, so I'm taking uh, Bakhtiari. I think he's the best left tackle. You take it all my players. That's okay. Okay. Um, we'll do this as a joint effort. Up front, on the, on the defensive side, I get five. So, defensive side, I'm picking between Donald and Mack, and I just think I just think Aaron Donald is, is unbelievable. I think, I think Khalil Mack, I, I mean, I've, okay. I've seen us stop Khalil Mack. Right. I mean, with our offensive line, at, at that point, you know, it was Chris Clark most of the time that was blocking Khalil Mack at a game in Mexico City. He had one sack at halftime. We were about to throw Hail Mary, and he sacked Brock. That was it. That was all he did. That was it. And that was Brock Osweiler playing. I know. And it was Chris Clark protecting. Yep. So I would I would take uh, I would take him. And then I wanted I want Jalen Ramsey because I got to lock down one side of the field. I was I was debating between Derwin James at safety, Jamal Adams at safety, and Jalen Ramsey at corner. And so when I do a lot of this, I go back to how did I feel about these guys pre-draft? And then beyond that, what have they developed into? Because if I love these guys pre-draft and all of a sudden they've gone to a different level, I know over the next three years I'm going to be fine. So I, that would be my five. I would go I would go Mahomes. Who's your next quarterback? It, Luck. That, that's what I was, I was going to say. I know it's crazy. But Why is that crazy? Just because. I mean, I, I, I don't Age, like health, the Colts. Maybe? Well, the health thing. That would be, that would be my concern. You know, right now he's concern. not practicing. I know. And that's been my concern. I mean, prior to last year, he had been, you know, but they seemed like they fixed him up in the lab last year. And what we saw last year in that offense, how Yikes. he's able to make quick decisions and get the ball to everybody, get the ball to his tight ends. Oh, here's here. Well, let's get T.Y. fed. He throws it deep. He throws it. He's, every, he's everything you want in a in a. In a pro, in an organizational leadership position, he's everything you want. Great personality. I mean, he's everything. So, Luck would probably be my next guy. You can have Baker Mayfield and some of the young guns, 
but I would take uh, I would take luck. And I the other one I would consider actually not even consider that we would make it would be a, it was a hard choice between these three, but I went with the other two Mahomes and Luck over Rodgers just because Rodgers is getting he's up there in years a little bit yeah. a little bit. It, the funny thing about the ESPN. Pick your ten players. I mean, ten is a lot, right? Yeah. And especially on the radio, ten is like too much for the yeah, yeah, you course. know the driver to go through in his mind. <laughs> you know, you yeah. keep track of five. I mean, Lopez and I used to do all these starting five shows, starting five this, starting five yeah. that, um, it, it, football included. I think I think five is a good number. But the thing about the ESPN thing was every other player is average, and I'm thinking this is kind of I don't want to say it's easy. If you can pick ten, it's super easy because right. people forget average. You know, it sounds bad. It's not bad. You know, if you're average and you and you sprinkle the ten best players you can find among the average players, you got a Super Bowl winner. Yeah. That's a Super Bowl team. Yeah. I mean, I could go I could pick four teams like this and they would be top four in the league. No against anybody else they would face. Who else would you add to that five? Well is well, not add to the five, but it was well, a, I, I if think you when, could replace when, when you when you, Aaron Donald is a guy that you have to have, I think, I think um, so too. Uh, on that D line because and again, you can't pick a Texan, so no what. But Aaron Donald's a guy you have to have because he's gonna draw double teams and that's gonna create opportunities for right. whatever average pass he, rusher you'd better double you team or he's gonna destroy you. But I would you know, I think the position groups are this quarterback, tackle, mm-hmm. D line game wrecker or yeah. or outside linebacker game wrecker, corner. So what do we have four there, right? Yeah. Now so I picked a wide fit, receiver. Yeah, a wide rec- Yeah, I think wide receiver is the way way to go, unless it's an otherworldly tight end like a Gronk type talent, yeah. and you could maybe talk me into that. But I need a Hopkins, and I'm not allowed to pick Hopkins in this little game. But I need a Hopkins because Hopkins makes everything better. Yeah. He's you know he's one of those football players who doesn't play quarterback who makes other people around him better, right? There's no question. That's why I picked Julio because. The other aspect of all this mm-hmm. is Hop and Julio. Have you ever seen either one of them? I'm not getting my touches. I'm not getting the ball. Throw me the damn ball. Never. AB, OBJ, all of them. That, that's a thing. Every you receiver, know, I, that's a thing for them. But Julio and Hopkins, it's right. never been that way. When, when you said, I got to take Julio, I was thinking, well, who's next? Because there's a lot of talented guys. I mean, Antonio yeah. Brown, the talent level, yeah, all day long, mm-hmm. Antonio Brown, some of these other guys. I like Keenan Allen. I've said that before. I don't think he's in yeah. that elite group, but, I think, he, but I think he's really solid. So there are a lot of guys to pick from, but then you look at, all right, but who fits mentally? Right. And. Wide receivers are interesting folk. They really are. They're they're superstars. They're the they're the NBA players of the NFL in yeah. some ways, you know. And well, they've all played basketball. And Adam Thielen made a great point on NFL Game Pass. They have these uh, film sessions with players now, and I've watched every single one of them, and they are really compelling. And Thielen was very very good. The luck one wasn't great just because he didn't give a lot. He could mm-hmm. tell he was holding back, like he was like, I'm not doing it. <laughs> Thielen was fantastic, and Thielen said, I, if I didn't play basketball, I'm not a receiver in the NFL. Wow. And Thielen doesn't look like the biggest guy in the world, but he's, he's bigger than you think, and he's faster than you think. But he said, if I don't play basketball, I'm not a receiver in the NFL. What and he said, point. all the great receivers in the NFL play basketball. And you think about it, it's true. Hopkins was a great high school basketball player. Mike Evans was a hell of a basketball player in high school. And Galveston Ball. At, Gal- at Galveston Ball. Thielen talked about being a tremendous basketball player. Yeah. 
uh, those guys, those guys were all great basketball players. So from that perspective, basketball is a huge part of this. You, right. you met you, you hit it. They are NBA players. Let's get the general on next, and we got to take team inventory. Boy, we we didn't get the count by. We'll, we will look. It's just we're talking a lot. We talk too much. It's yeah. radio. That's what happens here. I got Tonight. more than two sentences today, baby. You do. <laughs> what are we doing today? Quarterbacks? Because uh, you're allowed more than two sentences on the quarterbacks. I am? Yeah. We haven't done the quarterbacks yet. Let's say the quarterbacks for the end. Okay. Let's say the quarterbacks for the Tight end. Tight ends? Let's do running backs. We haven't, we've done running backs. Did we? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> All days are going to run together. Yes. Yeah, tight ends. Let's do tight ends. Tight ends today tight ends. at 9. All right. McLean All right. is next. It's Texans Trading Camp Live. It's Texans Trading Camp Live. A new era of Texans football begins, and you're a part of it. On Texans Radio, back to Texans Training Camp Live. Boy, that new era bump works every year, doesn't it? I mean, it's pretty much every NFL team. As Bill O'Brien says, every year is different. Mark Vandermeer and John Harris inside today. Boy, my throat dropped out at the worst time. John Harris. Johnny Harris, you went to you went to uh, Johnny Most level right still, there. Yes, Johnny Most. <laughs> well, welcome to the LA Forum. I'd rather be square dancing in a leper colony. This place is horrible. And the ref- the officials. <laughs> if Bill O'Brien were not, in here, not he, that he, he, if you think he'd Gene, love that right now. If you think Gene Peterson was in favor of the home team, oh my! Johnny God. Most was ridiculous, and it was beautiful. Anyway. Let's get to this. Uh, we're inside today because it's an off day for the team, but we're on, and uh, we got plenty of good stuff coming your way. It's been a fun conversation so far. We want to take some team inventory with the general, John McClain from the Houston Chronicle. John, good morning. What are you thinking today? How good is morning. your day and off? For everybody, good morning, and for everybody who don't know who Johnny Most is, he was a longtime voice of the Celtics, and you did a great johnny most and also i always believe most and and uh, myron cope at pittsburgh were the two most distinctive play-by-play voices uh in sports and they and they don't have great pipes at all and that's a a great thing to to point out right there john and and most is Best known for Havlicek stole the ball. And yeah. uh, now here's a steal by Bird. He passes underneath the DJ and lays it up and in. And then the one uh, time that five. ashes fell on his lap during a game. And his pants were on fire. His pants, his pants were, on, were fire. on fire during a game. Literally <laughs> pants on fire during a broadcast. You know the other one I would throw in that mix? What? That I don't know how much more, how much longer he's got. But it was a real thrill to hear him on with you last year as Merrill Reese. Oh, for the, the Eagles. Eagles, yeah. The I mean, Eagles. in the NFL, he's the guy right now. Van Miller for Buffalo for a long time. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, before before he stepped away. Uh, and uh, I'll be going for another 30 years, John, if I can. I'll try. I'll try to do it. Anyway, John, tell us. So yesterday they're outside. Uh, we saw some situational work. It felt to us like eh, they might have uh, decided to cut a few things out. It was searing heat, but they got a lot of work, good work done what do you think of what you saw yesterday and where we're at right now over a week into camp? One of the things I love to see, and I know you guys feel the same way as did the fans, because the fans love to see great catches. DeAndre Hopkins, who I wrote about for today, put on a great show over the middle, one-handed on the sideline, near the end of practice when Deshaun Watson rolled right. Uh, Hopkins adjusted his right and 
slid in the end zone and caught the pass for a touchdown, and the fans went crazy. Everybody loves to see that. And Hopkins talked about how much Jack, how many gets jacked up when the fans are there, and I'm sure all the players think that. And now going to Lambeau Field, where there's going to be many, many more fans, I think it'll be even more exciting for them. Jordan Aikens, who continues to impress, he made a great catch down the left sideline with Justin Reed all over him. Uh, Demaria Crockett, the running back, he keeps kind of separating himself from the backup pack, competing for that third job. At least he looks like he does. I can't wait to see what he does in the practices and in the preseason game because you know he and uh, Brian Higdon are going to get a lot of carries in the game. And uh, so it, it's been fun. We've got one more practice with the Texans at Houston Methodist Training Center. Then we go to Green Bay, the Cathedral, for two. I I'm really excited, especially watching the pass rushers go up against the pass protectors and the Texans' pass protectors going against the Packers' pass rushers. John, what does your gut tell you about Deontay Foreman's uh, usage level over the next week in Green Bay and the two practices and mainly the preseason game? How much do you think we'll see Deontay? Because you mentioned two guys that need to get carries because they got to figure out what they've got in those two rookies. How much do you think we'll see Foreman in the preseason games, especially this I'm one? I'm guessing we're not going to see Miller much. Maybe they want Miller in there if they play Watson for his blocking. And that's something that's crucial to Foreman is being able to protect Watson when he's required to do so. But he needs he needs to get hit. He needs to hit people legitimately. He needs to get hit. Last year, he was just, you know, he got a few carries, didn't do anything. You can tell he's been off a long time. This is a crucial training camp in preseason for him to solidify that backup job. And it starts in Green Bay. John, these joint practices, what else are you looking forward to seeing? Like, what's the first thing you're going to be observing when they go live in pads with another NFL squad? Now, Watson and Rodgers can't get hurt, of course. And I've been very impressed with A.J. McCarron. You know, watching him roll out, flick balls at the last minute. He's accurate. Yeah, he's picked up this offense really well. You know, he's had different offenses. Now he had two last year. You know, he was at Buffalo, had one preseason game where he threw three touchdown passes and no interceptions, and they traded him to Oakland, and he didn't get to play hardly at all behind Derek Carr. But I think he has done a terrific job in the role they want, and he's going to get a lot of time to play in preseason. And one reason a quarterback signs a one-year contract is to get as much as he can on tape to help him for the next job. And so we know what they got in Watson, but watching McCarron and seeing how good he can be in this role is going to be important. And uh, the cornerbacks and the safeties going against the Packers receivers when Aaron Rodgers is throwing will tell us a lot about the where, and where they are right now. I think the three of us agree it won't be a surprise they don't end up bringing in another corner. Hey, John, you've worked on, and I know you're working on, a an article about Aaron Rodgers' impact on Deshaun Watson. And when Deshaun was a rookie, 
the coaching staff showed him a lot of Aaron Rodgers' film. What did you take out of kind of doing that research and the value of Aaron Rodgers and the, his film to Deshaun Watson and his progress as a quarterback? I remember Sean Ryan, the former quarterback coach, saying that part of the development of, of Watson was to show him some tape of mobile quarterbacks and how they avoided the rush, about how they would throw the ball away. And the thing they – and we asked him, well, have, who's – who have you focused on the most? And he said Aaron Rodgers. Because Rodgers is, is just about to maybe the best at moving around to avoid the rush and buying time, but keeping his eyes down the field. And at the last possible instant, Rodgers will flick the ball because he, you know, he's got a good arm, and he will fire the ball, and the defense always, always has to worry about that. And because the defense has to worry about that, they have to kind of stay on their heels rather than the toes when they're chasing him. And that's a big part of the defensive game plan. And Watson talked about how much he learned watching that tape and how he's eager to get up there and talk to Rodgers like he did Tom Brady two years ago in West Virginia during those two days of practices and uh, to just watch him work. He said he's gotten to know Rodgers a little bit, and uh, that's somebody he admires. And he said, he said, hopefully in a few years I'll be where he is, and I'd mean Super Bowl winner and MVP and one of the highest-paid quarterbacks in history. John McClain joining us on Texans Training Camp Live. We're inside today. No practice today for the team, but we move on, and the, the team will practice with an open session on Saturday, tomorrow, and then head to Green Bay for open practices with them near Lambeau Field Monday and Tuesday. General, did you watch the Hall of Fame game last night? What did you think if you did? Your thoughts on some of the stuff you saw and the way the Hall of Fame conducts this weekend now versus years past? Well, I did not watch it. The last thing mm. I want to see is bad football game. Uh, I am more interested I am more interested in the um um the Hall of Fame induction because I, I had a vote and I can't wait to see the guys. But uh, I'm, I'm more interested in that. I'm also interested in the centennial class that's going to be voted in with 10 seniors, three contributors, and two coaches. Interesting. Yeah, John McClain joining us from the Houston Chronicle. John, we were talking about this just a little while ago um, with the NFL. What do you call it? The NFL. I can't remember what it was called. And not top 10, NFL 10, NFL 10 poll. Either way, the ESPN did this poll where they picked 10 players at any position you want. They picked 10 players, and for the next three years, you try to maximize value for the next three years. So you get to pick any 10 players you want, and everybody else is a replaceable, sort of average type player. And Mark and I were pretty consistent about the players that we picked. And at quarterback, obviously you want to start with the quarterback, Patrick Mahomes was the pick, I think, of 53 different ballots. If I told you for the next three years you've got to pick a quarterback to be that guy and you can't pick Patrick Mahomes or Deshaun Watson because we're not picking any Texans, who would you pick? For three years, and I couldn't take Patrick Mahomes, let me think, Aaron Rodgers – 
wants to play into his 40s. And I know you guys are looking for a young one. And um, I wouldn't pick somebody from last year. And, boy, that is a tough one. For three years, I think I would take Aaron Rodgers because I do believe, like Tom Brady and Drew Brees, he's going to play into his 40s. I just think times have changed. Health is different. Health care is different. And after watching Mick Jagger on Saturday night at 76 years old, move around the stage. And by the way. You afraid that's going to be Brady? Is that what your problem? I, I'm afraid the, it's going to yeah, be Brady. That's that Brady's going to say, you know what? I'm going to go until I'm 75 yeah. and just torture me, that's the voice your, of the Texans. I yeah. think he's just doing it to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, just torture me as, as long as possible. By the way, Jagger, this is a little inside scoop here. Mm-hmm. He was doing sprints in the loading dock before he went on stage to get himself ready. Whoa. Sprints. Jagger, 76, ready to rock. Maybe I need to get Just him to get his 40. blood going and get ready for the show. Yeah. That's pretty impressive stuff. Yeah, but pretty- my point is this. Health has changed. You know, 50 is the new 40, 55. I say 55 is the new 35, okay? That's how I do it yeah but we can go Decent over math. this kind of thing yeah i'm sure i'm sure but, but things have changed these guys are playing more th- uh longer federer at wimbledon oh, in that was, marathon that match i'm thinking how is this possible yeah how is it possible speaking of how is it possible john trent williams has there's been a lot of noise around trent williams and then it gets quiet and it's been quiet for a little bit how do you think this situation plays out mainly what do you think the timetable is john for trent williams and ultimately do you think that he will be traded from Washington, or you think he's going to hold out and then wait for a deal on into the season? How do you think that whole thing plays out with Trent Williams up in Washington? Well, I know he's not coming here. They like... Uh, Uh-oh. And uh, Williams, the problem you've got is... He's wait, wait, there. John, John you, you dropped out there for a moment, so repeat that. You know he's not coming here. Repeat that whole sentence because it dropped out. He won't be coming here. They like Matt Khalil, what they've seen so far in Titus Howard. And uh, the problem with Williams is he's had a health scare, injury issues, has not has missed quite a few games the last two seasons. And he, according to Redskins, he wants a new contract. I think he's 29. And I don't see... It depends. I think they would have to agree to trade him, and then a team would have to work out a new contract. Maybe he'd do like Dwayne Brown, play one season, and then get a new one. But there are health issues involving him in age, and I think that they'd have a lot better chance of trading him if he was happy with his contract. I believe he's seventh among left tackles. And uh, there's a lot of bad blood created between him and Washington. And he he sounds like, and players can say this now, that he's going to miss a regular season games. But a lot of guys can talk about it, but very few actually do it. Dwayne Brown was one. But I don't know how he could go back to Washington. They signed Donald Penn to take his place, and, he, and Penn is a poor replacement for Trent Williams when Williams is healthy. And uh, so – I'm guessing at some point they're going to trade him and not and not get anywhere near what he would be worth to them. John, what do you have going on in the Houston Chronicle? Well, I'm doing that story on Watson and Rogers for Sunday. I've, I've got a 
mailbag about the Texans that will be posted on Texas Sports Nation this morning. And then I will have five takeaways from Texas Texans training camp this morning. Thank you guys for asking. Thank you, John. John McClain from the Houston Chronicle joining us on Texans training camp live. You know, Johnny, I'm, I'm going over the roster here. We're going to take team inventory. Yeah. And I'm going over the roster, and uh, I, I need your help on a couple of things here. And as I look at this, you know, we, we still go back to the two big position groups that we've been talking about all offseason yeah. long, offensive line and the secondary. Same. But I think right now it's safe to say we are still dealing with some mysterious stuff, to us anyway. Maybe they have it all figured out upstairs. I'm not sure. But the cornerback position, mm-hmm. the O-line, because yep. I feel really good about safety right now. Is, yeah. but I, safety I'm, I feel okay about. Yeah. I don't feel like it's six deep. I feel like it's four, and it's a good four. Right. So that I'm I'm not sure how they see it, but that's how I feel right now. And I think at corner, if every you know we're still in a if everything works out, could be really good kind of stage. But we don't know if it's going to work out, and uh, there's some questions there. I I'll go one further. Mm-hmm. I feel okay about safety, and Interior O line, center guard. Okay, I actually feel okay about with those three with those three positions: right guard, center, and left guard. I feel okay about those positions and safety. So it comes down to the edges, the the two tackle well, positions. I got a, I got a question. The so I got a question related that. to that, and and we're going to break down the tight ends. That's the position group of the day. That's coming up next, and at nine twenty, we'll finally have Peter Kalambai. Yes, because he's late. No, he's not late. We just haven't run the interview yet, but it's really cool. It's fun stuff with Drew, and uh, we're gonna have Landry's questions as well, which is something everybody looks forward to every day on Texans Training Camp Live. And by everybody, I mean at least me, and I think a lot more people than that. Actually, it's Texans Training Camp Live. Texans Training Camp Live. Texans Training Camp. Texans Training Camp is underway. Get all the breaking news, updates, interviews, and more right now at HoustonTexans.com. Now back to Texans Training Camp Live, presented by Academy Sports and Outdoors, Geico, and by Papa John's Houston. I hear that in the background there. Yeah, there it is. Not that I make that noise ever, but I do before I get on the air. That's my warm-up noise. It sounds like it. It's not exactly the same. Arian, all right, so I did, I did this inside baseball stuff, but I do do that sometimes just to, like, warm up. I go, brap! So that's my thing, right? And I did that once before the Arian Foster show. This is back in 2012 when we did that show. Mm-hmm. And he said, oh, what is that, a machine gun or something? Because that's a, you know, a rapper thing. Like, go, brap! And yeah. that, that means, you know, you're, you're just hosing people down with right, right, right. AK. And I'm like, that's not what. That's not why I do it. So we had this whole discussion, and we get along just fine. You know, I, he wanted to take me shopping because you know it's a disaster. I guess uh, he wanted to do that. You know, just to kind of freshen up my look. Yeah, <laughs> never really happened, but uh, but it was a good show. It was. I mean, that was a legendary show. It really was. It was good on Tuesdays. Uh, by the way, we're going to be back at Fuddruckers on Tuesdays. Starting with the regular season. Opening week, we'll be at Fuddruckers. We'll rotate 59 Greenway. We'll go down to Stafford. We'll go over to the west side uh, near Memorial. We'll do that one with Jonathan Joseph. So he said he'd be on. we got DJ Reader, Brandon Dunn, uh, Wendy Merciless, some players to be named later. We're going to rotate. It's going to be fun. All right, let's get to a position group breakdown right now, Johnny, as we talk about 
the tight ends. This is not going to take a ton of time here because there are not a ton of tight ends. But it's fun to discuss this because this is an intriguing group. You lost Ryan Griffin. Lost him. You know, said goodbye to Ryan Griffin. Right. And he was the guy going into last year. You drafted two guys in the third round, and let's start with one of them, who's a little nicked up right now, but Dr. Vandermeer says it's not going to take too long. Jordan Thomas. Let's get him back on the field. He was doing some amazing things before he went down, and he's the kind of guy that you can do so much with. And obviously, Deshaun liked throwing to him. He had four touchdowns last year. That was the... uh, he had all the touchdowns in the tight end group of just four. Yep. So he had he accounted for all of them. I think they'll have more than that this year, just kind of based on watching them early, the talent that's there. But he can do anything on a football field that you want him to. I mean, you want to you want to flex him out wide, go one on one on on a, a linebacker or even a safety. He'll win that. He's got great hands. He's a tremendous athlete. Just got to get himself healthy to get back. What in. about the blocking part of the game it's, for him? It's got to get better. It's got to get better. And the interesting part of this, Mark, I felt like early or middle of the season, I think it was middle of the season, I felt like he was doing a really good job. I feel like, man, it's, this is coming along a little bit faster than I expected. Right. I feel like at the end of the season, it started to fall off a little bit. And then you think about, look, you guys are rookies, a six-rounder. That's when things get a little... They get tough at the end. I you hit the rookie any, wall for, a little bit. For any rookie, I, it's exhausting. It's so tough. And I, I wasn't totally surprised that, that happened. But I thought he was blocking pretty well yep. from the you know the middle of the season. It felt like it was clicking for him. But then it kind of hit a wall at the end of the year. So getting him back is vitally important to this yep. group. It's not as if if you don't have him, you're completely lost, which that's been the case in other years. Like, man, if you don't have – Ryan Griffin, or you don't have C.J. Fedorowicz, boy, you're going to be just lost at tight end. If you don't have Jordan Thomas, you've got pretty good depth at that position, and I think is one of the deeper ones on the team. All right, the other Jordan. We talk about the Jordans. Jordan Akins has put on some shows here yes. at training camp. Now it's in the context of you don't want to be Mr. August, okay, of but course. you do want to look good. And in the preseason opener last year, caught two TDs against the Chiefs at yep. Arrowhead. Well, I'll take that again this year in the regular season, please. But he caught two TDs, and so he flashed. But during the regular season, it just he made some catches, made some plays. We all know about the one against Philadelphia. Yep. I think he's taken so far in the context of camp that year one to year two jump. Am I right? Absolutely. And I think one of the things about him is he is a true professional. And he got a great look at professional life when he was playing Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. And then he went to UCF. He was in a very disciplined program with Scott Frost. He played a little bit of wide receiver. He, played, he was a mismatch nightmare for guys at UCF. And I think that's what they want to get back to with him, is creating mismatches down the field. And that's really what he's done. If you cover him with the wrong guy here, Deshaun just all day pick at you. Right. So he's caught everything. He's made every play. Now it's a matter of, transitioning that into regular season play. Can he be a guy that catches four or five passes for you during a game? Will you target him five, six times in a game? Depending on what Jordan Thomas's health is, how many times total will you target the tight ends? Now, against some teams, you may want to get the ball out fast. Tight end's going to get targeted. But I just think the understanding of the offense, too, is is key. And 
and Jordan Aikens, because we've seen him for a longer stretch here, you can tell that he's got a really good feel for running routes, getting himself open, knowing what the offense is, being on the same page with Deshaun, knowing where he needs to be to get open, and maybe the route calls, to, you know, you're going to work, you're going to work 15 back to 12 with this route. He can kind of feel it out a little bit more, kind of like I'm getting to this open spot, or I got man coverage, so I got to run to this spot. He has a better feel for that, and I think that's going to make him a better overall weapon. Very cool stuff. Breaking down to the tight end position group here. Let's dig deep now. We'll get to the rookies in a moment, but what about Darren Fells, the salty vet who played professional basketball yeah. overseas, many countries, many organizations. He's seasoned in the NFL. He's out here trying to make this roster. It's a tight competition at tight end. What do you think? I think you have to have him. And wow. I think you have to have him. I want to win my bet with McLean that they take four tight ends on the roster. Now I'm breaking I think it down. You have to, we'll I see. think you have to have him, Mark, because he is more than just a tight end. First of all, he calls himself a left-left tackle or a right-right tackle because... Left-left. <laughs> he... I'm just to the left of the left. Yeah, he... He basically is trying to say, "Look, I'm I'm not the traditional tight end because I, he pass protects really well. Let's yeah. be honest, he pass protects really, really well. So the one thing that they've actually done a lot of with him, especially with JT being out, is throw the ball to him. Yeah, and he, you'd think, hey, look, he's a basketball player. He's got good hands. There was one day where he he had a couple of drops. You could tell it was kind of eating him up a little. But bit. he bounced back. The next day, I saw him." Yep. Working with Will Long, working on everything. I saw him yesterday working one of the coolest drills I've seen. He was working with Will, and Will's coaching the tight ends. And I've never seen this. So Fels was standing there, and Will would have the ball in his hand, and he would just he would just let it come out of his hand, like he'd almost toss it just a little bit. Yeah, but it's just like a little bit where it's coming back to you, like if you're just kind of like walking in the hallway, you're just kind of tossing the football yeah. up in the air. And he would force Fells to grab it while it was in the air, but at the same time, Will would try and grab it away from him. I, and it was really kind of cool. cool so, so Will would kind of toss it up in the air for just, just a little bit of air, and Fells had to snatch it and then yep. pull it away. And it's a great drill for tight ends because there's so much trash on him. But other than that day, he's, I think he's caught it pretty well. But I think the true measure of him will, will be seen when we get to Green Bay, where he can show off that blocking prowess, where he can protect mm-hmm. as that left-left tackle, and as the right-right tackle. And occasional reception. Right, exactly. But here's the other thing. This still, when you look at this offense, you, there's a possibility of having Titus Howard and Matt Sharping on the line of scrimmage. Those are two rookies having some young guys on the line of scrimmage. And even if you play, let's say Chantrell Henderson wins the right tackle job, he hasn't started a lot in the NFL. Having a guy like Fells next to him to be able to say, all right, young fellow, this is, you know, look, this is where we need to be. This is what we need to do. This is how we need to go about it. Landry Locker tweeted out a great video of Fells from last year. Baker Mayfield had scrambled out of the pocket, and instead of just running out of bounds, he lowered his shoulder and tried to run over a de- uh, linebacker, I remember that. back, or whatever. Fells got him on the sideline and said, look, we need you. Yeah. Just slide. Just go out of bounds. He's Dude, like, this drop is the Cleveland. Pride. Right. He's like, drop <laughs> the pride. We don't need you. We need you on the field. We need you throwing it, slide, or go out of bounds. And Baker tried to started to kind of like, hey, I'm a competitor. And Fels was like, no. Yeah. And it was great because it really showed the veteran presence he had. Very calm, under control. But you also yeah. saw the respect that a guy like Baker Mayfield had for Darren Fels. And that's I like what that. I think 
this group will have for Darren Fells, and I think he's he's got to be able to make it Ooh. and gonna make it. I, I just I, if you got to keep four, I think you keep four. It's the most talented and deepest group that you've had at tight end in a long time. Yeah, I like Fells, and we interviewed him here in the yeah. studio. Yeah, I think Jordan Thomas has to be a great blocker. Yes, in order to. Make it so maybe I don't want to say you don't need Fells, but that might be a, a way to not have him on yeah. the squad, you know. And and we'll see how they handle that because yeah. you know ideally you don't want to have to keep four tight ends, right? But they might have to with the O line situation the you, way it is. And, you might, and, and we'll see how they handle that. All right, Jarrell Adams. Quick note on him: he's caught everything thrown his way. He he's has. actually had a really really good camp. He, he you know there's always a tight end in camp and. Not necessarily that's going to make the team, but that catches everything, and you're like, oh, my gosh, what about this guy? And, and maybe he makes it, maybe he doesn't. And he's telling everybody about it, too, which is great. <laughs> the in the bubble, he was telling everybody about it, which is pretty awesome. I liked him coming out of South Carolina. I thought he would stick somewhere. It just it really, it really hasn't. It's just going to be hard not to crack. If we're thinking, okay, four is a stretch, yeah. then no, how does he get into the happen. four? Five's, five's not, not happening. happening. No. But – I think he could play football. Look, if you're in a pinch where a couple of these guys are hurt and Jarrell Adams had to be your third tight end, I'd live with it. Well, why not? And you have I Watson, could live with it. Absolutely. Who makes everybody better. No doubt. All right. Kahale Waring just got back on the field. And yeah. we played the cut from Bill O'Brien yesterday that was just kind of entertaining because, you know, he's just taking the rookie down. Got to get out on the field. Got to <laughs> hydrate. You know, it was the NFI list, right? So right. He, he got injured working out or something. Right. We don't even know the story. But the point is he's back out there now. What do you think? Yeah. And – I don't think he's at 100%, to be honest, just watching him. I I could tell the first day, like, okay, he's still struggling with whatever it was. Mm-hmm. He's still struggling with that a little bit, but he knows he needs to get on the field. He's not a guy you worry about. Like, yeah. look at him. I mean, he's in shape. He works out. There's not a concern. The only thing you worry about with Kahale in some sense is he hasn't played a ton of football. Right. So he's only played tight end for a short amount of time. Yeah. Now, he soaks in everything he can get at the tight end position. DP talked about it the other day. He told us. Uh, a draft night. He's like, I watch tight ends. I study tight ends. Yeah. Like, that's what I do in my off time. And he's got that athletic ability. He does a lot of different things. Big, strong. He can block. I mean, he was used as a Y-in-line tight end at, at San Diego State. So his best football is ahead of him. Hopefully this, whatever, four or five-day stretch doesn't doesn't curtail his whole rookie. I don't think it will. But now that he's on the field, if he can stay on the field and make an impression in these preseason games... It's going to be really tough to keep him off the field because of how athletic he is. And you're going to just get to a point where you're like, I, throw the ball of wearing. Just throw right. the ball of wearing. You know how OB will say, find me a play for Hop. Give me a play for Hop because I want – that's how coaches are. They're right. just like, get the ball to wearing. I want, I, whatever. I don't, throw him a – give him a handoff. I don't care. Get the ball to 81. I think it's we're going to get to that point with him that you're going to want the ball in 81's wow. hands. Well, let's see how that shakes out because you are counting on him yes. being a third-round draft choice. You're counting on him to make an impression and contribute, and we'll see how that all plays out. Who did nice, we miss? The, no, I think did we miss? We got him. We got him all. all. That, that's everybody. Yep. Everybody at tight end. Now, Colin Glassby won't line up at tight end, but he might do some of the things that Jordan Aikens did last year. H-back you know? stuff. Yeah, the H-back stuff where he'd line up as a sniffer he's or whatever. He's got to. I think he's got to, Johnny. He's uh, Obviously, he's got to shine on special teams. Yes. Gillespie. Yes. But he's got to be able to do some other things that would be handy, yes. if you will, at the line of scrimmage. You no know, doubt. Whether it's H-back, fullback, running back, whatever. He's 
and you mentioned his pass protection ability, that's going to really help him. So he's one of those guys who's got to be able to bounce between position groups and be outstanding on special teams. You know what I would do down on the goal line? I'd put, I'd put Glaspie at tailback. At tailback? i put him at tailback, and then I'd find my one lineman that's not playing. Uh-huh. Maybe Reader. Take Reader and put him in front of Glaspie on goal line. Oh, go I three love, tight. Go three tight ends. I love this. Put your I don't three know. tight ends in and put Reader at fullback and put Glaspie at tailback. And now you throw to Reader. Okay. Hell yeah. Yeah. You or throw. you sh- or you shift the Sean out wide. You go to a wildcat and Reader takes a snap and throws and it throws the fade Watson. route to Watson. Oh my gosh! The Houston, this place would implode. The Houston the place special. Would I'm saving it. I'm saving it for <laughs> February place. in Miami. <laughs> the place. Houston special. This place would go crazy. We need a name. We need a name. Houston well, barbecue. Well, sauce. you'd have to if it were reader to Watson. It would have to be something with tigers. Oh yeah, you're I mean right. it would have to be. You're right. You're right. Something with tigers. Okay, we, we'll come up with something. I'm gonna go draw that up and give that to coach after this. All right. What's DB City working on? We're gonna find out. What's Landry Locker working on with his questions? Always entertaining. That's in the final segment. And Peter Kalambai. It's all coming up. Texans training camp live. Texans training camp live. Texans training. Texans Radio is at training camp. Welcome back to Texans Training Camp Live. So, John Lopez texted me because we were talking about that goal line set of having Gillespie at tailback. They didn't do this, by the way. This is us coming up with yeah, this. Yeah, so yes, the coaches always monitor mind. the show to get ideas from us. Right. Uh, Gillespie <laughs> tailback, and welcome DP City into the show. Thanks, guys. T- tailback, and then DJ Reader at fullback. Yeah, with three tight ends. With three tight ends. And, and Lopez said you call that the 12th man. Ah. But... but I'm worried about copyright infringement, and you know those Aggies go after their copyright. They, they do, they do. I'm going to get a cease and desist from College Station. <laughs> just ask the Seattle Seahawks and their fans. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's just not going to go well. So we got to call it something else. I mean, that's that's my opinion anyway. Who did you talk to yesterday? I talked to Jester Wea. Who oh, I had that's not talked right. To. I had not. Ta- I, I had met with him in the offseason. All right. So his uncle is the president, or was I think is Li- the president of Liberia. Liberia was elected in 2017. I actually saw this, and, and he's asked about this all the time, and I love the question you asked him about it because it, it threw him a curveball, and he liked it. It wasn't the usual, Poor guy. tell it us was- about Liberia and your uncle. Be-, you know, It wasn't that. It was a nice curve, and I'm just going to tease it that way. Oh, I, and yes, we'll run okay. it tonight on the program, Texans All Access, that airs 6 to 7, five nights a week. And uh, you can see it on HoustonTexans.com if you want to sneak it before that. And it's presented by Xfinity. Oh, I'm sorry. But his family, his family comes from a long line of soccer players. They, his mm-hmm. That same uncle played for AC um, Milan, and he was a midfielder. And then his cousin, really? his cousin Tim was on the U.S. men's national yep. team a few AC years ago. AC Milan, that is no joke. No joke. And then goes into politics, just runs for – he was, I think, a senator and then became president, but it, he took a path into politics. And I asked Jester about soccer, like, why not soccer? But he's very tall. He said that he – I didn't realize that you you could outgrow soccer, like you could be too big for soccer. It's weird when you see guys that are, because I I watched the Real Madrid uh, Bayern Munich match. My son went, which was a was a huge step for him, and he loved it. We, we had a great time. But there was a player, I believe it was for Bayern, and he was he was big, he was tall, and I was like, he looked out of place. Mm. Yeah, he just looked out of place. Now the keepers are all six three, six four. Yeah, they got to have the wingspan. You know. So that that makes sense, but I mean, if you're one of the other, you're one of the other ten. I would think, you know, quickness, agility, that kind of thing, which Jester has, but you probably grow out of that sport. I could see some, I could see some, some of that being the case. Fullback, 
Yeah, I mean, I could see some of that being the case that kind of grow out of it. But then again, you know, you kind of fall in love with the other football, our football, and he's done that. And well, he's gotten to the NFL. It's funny how athletes in different sports and the size differential, you know, at the Houston Sports Awards – the first year, I was right next to Altuve, and when you're next to Jose Altuve, like in street clothes, <laughs> uh, you just cannot believe how diminutive he yeah. is and what he's able to Which do. Which makes with it even bat. more impressive what yeah. he was able oh, to do. Oh gosh, yes, the hustle that he has. And you know, Car- Carlos Correa visited training camp once, and this is like two, three, four years ago. I yeah. forget. This was many, uh, was it Hard Knocks? So 15. 15, four years ago. And Carlos Correa, you know, you see him on TV and everything, and you're in the stands, and it's like, that's ah, a pretty big guy, you know, right. whatever. And he's tiny compared to these guys, you know, especially in pads. It's just a different body type. It's a different body. It's a body, completely different body different type. Different sort of athleticism, different body type you need to survive in the sport. Yeah, there's no doubt. The NBA players go the other way. Like, you see NBA players on TV, and you're like, all right, okay, that guy's. You see a point guard, and you're like, yeah, okay, he's the smallest guy. Yeah, he's like 5'8". And no. then he walks in, and he's like three inches tall, and you're like, oh, my God, you're 6'3". Yeah. You know, I mean, that it, it it minimizes it. But Jester is this is a, this is a great competition, a wide receiver. I mean, we know the top three. And Vincent Smith, I think, has had a really good really good camp. Tyron Johnson is a guy that a lot of people like. Jester Rio was a guy that the coaches really liked last year. And I, I'm kind of lost. You know, we talked about tight ends earlier. Like, you carry four tight ends. If you carry four tight ends, does that mean you carry five wide receivers instead of six? When like, are we doing do do? this show? When's our 53 show? It, it can't. It, it, we got to go through the first preseason game first. Let's go through the first preseason game, and then, then our 53 show will be sometime okay. I'm doing that. the 53 just for myself here, oh, I've and, already and you're right. A couple of them. Just your own version of the My, roster Yeah, I, I already have it down here, and they, there are... You know, I've got about four or five interesting areas where it's it's tough. And you know, obviously injuries are going to play a part here, and I hate to say that because knock wood, knock everything, knock whatever you're near, they've been relatively good in yeah. this this important area of football. It seems like every preseason there are some major injuries at wide receiver. But I wrote a story about it on HoustonTexans.com about the depth behind the top three, Hopkins, Fuller, QT, that competition there for that final spot. Because we also had DeAndre Carter who came in last year, did some nice things. But we haven't seen him out there because he's been placed on top. Dr. Vandermeer says he's close. I feel like if he's close and he comes back, then is that it? And Vincent Smith and you're done. Or does somebody else sort of – make this push in training camp with all the reps they're getting. The number is five to me. I think that's what it's going to turn out to be. And I think Vincent Smith is having the kind of camp that's going to make it extremely difficult for him to not be on the roster. Right. But, I, you know, I could be wrong. They might see things I don't. Oh, he ran the wrong route on that one, even though the ball wasn't supposed to come his way. And he's got to get that. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not saying that's the case. But they see things and they know things that, Nobody else knows because they know what's called and they know what's discussed in the meetings and they know if the guy's getting it or not. And I'm not saying he's not because it looks like he's making that jump. We talked about who did I say was making that year one to year two jump? Akins. Akins. I think Smith is making that jump as well based on my opinion, but obviously theirs is the one. I feel like he made a jump last year in season. He started yeah. that first game. At, at, in well, week he had one. a further. He had a Didn't further really way see to a lot go. Of him, but right towards the end of the year, then you see obviously what he was. Well, doing. Well, he had a further way to go. I mean, you think about him coming from Limestone. At least you know a guy like Jordan Akins played UCF. You know they played a little higher competition. So Vincent had to overcome that and kind of get used to that speed of the game, if you will. And he had to get past that hurdle first, and then you know get to a point where he was at the end of the year. He made some progress. I think Jordan Akins, Jordan told us he said. 
uh, when he sat where you were, DP, he was like, yeah, that game in Philadelphia, it was interesting because it was like that game in Philadelphia, I made that big play. I felt like I was I was part of it. Even though he had been making some plays before that. Here's the other thing to think about. And, I, and when you said, when are we doing our 53 show? We probably should do a 50 show or maybe even a 49 show because we've seen this team over the last how many ever years make how many different waiver claims Yikes. At the end of the 53-man cutdown. How many times have we seen that? Numerous. I mean, last year they picked up A.J. Moore, Buddy Howe, and Natrell Jamerson. I guarantee you there will be at least two waiver claims. Mm-hmm. At least two at the end. So we need to be thinking about a 51 or a 50, not and, a 53. And they got Carter after Fuller went down, right? They got him at the bye week. I remember. Okay, so heading into the bye week. Yeah, right heading, in the bye week. Right? Going yeah. into the bye week because I remember because I was recording the show that day like, ah, it's bye week. Nothing will happen. I can record it and get out of here. And then had to come back here because DeAndre Carter had been signed. So that's an interesting point right there because if we're talking about receivers and Carter, you know, we've talked about it, does his special teams prowess, overcome, whatever is maybe lacking. I don't know if it's lacking or not, but if something's lacking in the wide receiver department, does special teams outweigh it? But assuming you have a healthy fuller, QT and Hopkins, now it gets a really it gets to be a really crunchy number situation right. where you don't know what to do. So uh, obviously special teams factors in, and to Carter's credit, he's really good at that. But yep. you see Smith also returning kicks too. So we've yeah. seen a little well, bit of that in camp. Is he going to be doing more of that? I, I would. On? I would. Or are they more, just trying him out there? I would be more apt to to worry if if Vincent were running back punts, then I would be like, okay, kicks. And we talked about this. I mean, kicks can go kind of either way, depending on. Oh, they were they were returning. I didn't see too many touchbacks last night. Every time I looked up, they were returning a kick. So, uh, preseason, I want to see it. I think they all want to see it. I mean, it. I, I, what does a touchback do in the preseason? <laughs> well, go ahead and kick. And well, Bill O'Brien even said, he said, you can do a lot more on special teams in the preseason because you, you uh, just put everything out there. Unless you, you don't sort want of, you're, If you're a good returner, you sort of become a victim of your own circumstance in that, like Daryl Roberts from the Jets, right? he was the number one returner in the league last year. How many returns did we give him? In the Jets game. I mean, right. Kaimi just blasted through the end zone. Most of them. Then there, I think, was one or two where we tackled him, where we actually gave him a chance to return, or he chose to return it. So maybe you have to prove yourself on kick return. So maybe I'm, I, you know, I kind of talk myself back the other way that I do think the kick return, because we talked about that. With a guy like Kaimi, you're probably going to invite, you're going to invite returns. You're going to invite him because you have a good kicker, you have an experienced kicker. He can put it and place it where you need to to put them inside the twenty yard line like you want them to. I don't and know. I think, we're, I think that'll be the case for us. I think teams will want us to try and prove that we can get beyond the twenty five. I don't know why I'm so, yeah, foggy on this, other there. than the fact that I need a second cup of coffee. But during these joint practices, do you go live kickoff returns, or do you wait for the game to do that? You will do some drills that that simulate it. And I remember going to San Francisco. I remember going to San Francisco and they had a drill where they would have two blockers and they'd have a, a guy just flying down the field and the two blockers would have to try and control that one guy like it were yeah. kickoff like it was it was the individual parts it was not the whole box of fries it was just one fry at a time if that makes sense I I, I, gotta, I can visualize that drill right yeah. now you're right Johnny that's how are the fries yeah. hot or have they been sitting around a while I need them it's just like the it's oh, just they're like, always <laughs> hot I need them hot they're always and I, hot. I, I can't have, have one fry into the bag. I can't have one fry well that's the whole point I you get, get, by you with get like, the whole box but you just it's deconstructed sometimes I just want a few fries like I'll be at the steakhouse I, I don't want the whole thing because I'll just eat it you know I just want a few you know, on a side note the Houston Chronicle had a story about how a very high number of your drivers are eating your food before they deliver it to you. Oh, whoa. <laughs> Hold I up. just want to put Hold that out there. Up. 
Oh. And it was, I, I don't oh. want to quote the percentage, but it was oh, very high. And I, I almost quote tweeted it. That's like, it. Ew. Okay. That's, that's also me, me, though, when I when I pick up Whataburger for my yeah. kids. The oh. fries are almost gone by the time. Well, you have to. You, I mean, parent taxes, 100. <laughs> that's you true. Ha- I'm you hungry have to and apply. I'm getting dinner. Yeah. Yeah. You have right. to apply parent <laughs> tax. All right. You just brought up a whole can of worms topic there. <laughs> DP, thanks a lot for thanks, joining guys. us. That's DP Sidhu Deep Slam presented by Xfinity. <laughs> All right. Next up, Landry Locker's questions of the day. We'll close it out strong. It's Texans Training Camp Live. It's Texans Training Camp Live. Keep up with the Houston Texans everywhere you go. Download the Texans mobile app. Joe it and preseason games will be streamed on the app. You can watch them there. You can watch them on ABC 13. Listen to them right here on Sports Radio 610 and the Bull 100.3 FM. Of course, Armin Williams, the PD of Sports Radio 610, gets upset when I mention the Bull 100.3 FM as a way to listen to the games as well. Sorry. But it's true. I mean, some people do like that listening mm-hmm. over there, and they like country music as well. All right. I mean, I do like some country music, not all the time. I'll just sample. Okay. It's I'll just the, do a little bit. It's the one thing that I say as a Texan that I, you know, you can't what? you can't absorb everything, and country music just didn't stick for me. It just I, didn't stick. I'll tell you, outside, sorry, cooking out, you know, barbecue. Having some on, mm-hmm. I like that. That's that's good for me. Summertime, excellent. All right, Landry Locker, he joins us right now every day during tra- Texans Training Camp Live at this time with his questions of the day. They're thought-provoking, so good, so often. What do you got for us today, Landry? All right, fellas, let's start off. It is Friday. You guys got the day off. What are you guys doing? What did you guys have for breakfast is what I really want to know. I know this is a hard-hitting thing. I just want to know what did John Harris and Mark Vandermeer have for breakfast? I had some scrambled eggs and some chicken maple sausage links. Ooh, okay, that's okay. pretty good. Very I fancy. had scrambled uh, scrambled eggs and fruit. Gosh, I'm so lame. I mean, <laughs> I, listen, I, I will tell you this. I, I am a huge, I will eat chorizo, bratwurst, yeah. uh, any kind of pork sausage you put in front of me. But I started eating the chick- chicken apple maple sausage because that's what we have in our mm-hmm. ca- in our uh, They're good. cafeteria. I, I it's hard for me to go any other direction. I'll tell you what, in, in the ca- Texans cafeteria, here's the inside information. For lunch and dinner, you cannot eat unhealthy. It is impossible. Right. But it's really, it's tasty, healthy food. And the players do love it. I yeah. mean, that's no joke. When they talk about that, they really do love it. But breakfast is where you can kind of binge, okay? Because mm-hmm. they, you know, they got pancakes and waffles and things, like, and the syrup oh. and everything. So that's where the players can kind of have at it. And by the way, before doing training camp, and if you're coming to practice tomorrow, which is, I know, a small portion of the audience coming to the open practice, make sure you get something to eat before you go out in the heat. Mm-hmm. It yeah. is, if you don't oh, yeah. eat enough, and it's not just drinking, it's eating. You got to eat something before you go out. Yeah. Not pig out, but eat something because you will uh, it's not going to be pleasant. Yeah, it's not pleasant. It'll drop. I forgot. I also had a slice of bacon, Landry, which got me thinking <laughs> as I was walking back down here. I, I've i realized after 47 years that bacon is my kryptonite. It's everybody's kryptonite. I know, but. It's universal. It's, uh, it, okay. It's I, I don't bacon. feel so bad. You're not different. But I have a lot of kryptonites when it comes to food, but bacon is. I mean, they have it in there, and it's and it's good. And Their bacon's the best. It's crispy. It's perfect. You know, I hate when I order bacon, and it's not right. I mean, come on. And see, I ordered extra crispy. See, that's, Just burn it. See, burn that, it. That's, that's the thing about it, too. Like, where are you with bacon? Do you like your crispy bacon? Do you like floppy bacon? I'm more a floppy. floppy. I'm a yeah, you're floppy. Yes. Oh, I. Uh, we but can't theirs is perfect. Anymore. Theirs is a little bit more than floppy, but it's not totally. Cr- it's perfect. No, I look for the crispiest. They piece. can't change it. So, yeah. That's uh, what's your food kryptonite, Landry? 
Fast food, any kind of fast food. I can, I you know. can name a fast food place. I'll tell you my exact order. I'm, I'm, I, I'm fast food 100%. 100%. Probably by the number, right? All right. So just give me the number, Landry. Chick-fil-A, what number? Uh, Chick-fil-A is probably going to be a number two if I'm, if I'm feeling crazy. All right. All right. McDonald's, what number? McDonald's is going to be a uh, number number two. All right. Whataburger, what number? Number two, what a size with uh, unsweet tea. See, there that's we go. Impressive. That's love, impressive. What's your fast food number today? for every that's, fast food? That's, that's impressive. Now, I will say, my son at Whataburger has the same order. Like, I know the exact to the cent what the yeah. cost is going to be. It is a honey butter chicken biscuit, a bacon, egg, and cheese taquito, and hash browns every time. Like, there have been hey, times He's got to be where, between 11 and 11, though, John. I know. You got to be I between know, 11 is, and 11 there. But, but you know what that is, Landry? That's motivation. To get a teenager out of bed, hey, look, you want Whataburger? Yeah. Well, you got to get up. Okay, I'll get up. And I just know to get the order, but that's how you thats how you get a teenager out of bed. You want Whataburger breakfast? Yeah. Okay. You got to get up. You got to get up. Oh, that's good. And as far as uh, what we're doing today, hey, it's, uh, we still have Texans All Access tonight. I got a ton of stuff. We got the preseason broadcasts. Next week on TV and radio, and there's a lot to work, a lot of work to do. So I hate to be boring about it, but uh, still uh, grinding it out in the office, so to speak, Landry. All right, let's let's get to football a little bit. Yeah. Uh, yesterday's practice, I, I think it was probably the most intense eleven on eleven that we've seen. Who do you think did the best for themselves, and who probably needs uh, to look at the tape and probably uh, uh, rebounding from yesterday's performance? There was a stretch yesterday, Landry, of about five or six plays. It kind of canvassed the ending of one drill and maybe the beginning of the next where the protection was not great. We saw J.J. on one play, Charles Menu had the next play, disrupt passes. I don't even know if Deshaun got the ball out of his hands on either one of those passes. So there was about a five- to seven-play stretch where I know Mike Devlin is sitting down with the offensive line saying, uh, look, guys, this needs to be better. Now, they, I thought, had a better practice after that that I thought they looked pretty good. But as far as guys that just continue to shine, I mean, DeAndre Hopkins was phenomenal. I didn't see his one-on-ones. I had to go to Twitter and see what people had taken because we were on the air. So I didn't right. get a chance to see that. But very last play of practice, Watson finds Hopkins for the touchdown, and Bill O'Brien's like, all right, two enough, done. When you're good enough to end practice on your catch for a touchdown – yeah, you're, and, and you're it kind of it gives everybody a lift on offense anyway, right? And and erases some of the things that might not have been so pretty during right. the course of the day. I'll give you guys. I'll I'll go prop bet for you for Thursday night's opener. Ooh. This I predict will happen. AJ Moore is going to have a pick against the Packers. Oh, he's had one because he's, he's going to get in there and he's going to get in there in the second quarter or something. Mm-hmm. He's going to get in there special teams early, yep. but he'll be in there in the second quarter and he'll pl- probably play at least a couple of quarters. And he's going to make something happen because he, I believe, at least in camp right now, context of camp early on, he's a ball magnet. He's yep. going to find the ball. He had a pick yesterday again. I just And it's not always ball magnets are like this. We've talked They're about right. this. It's not always I'm making a break on the ball and it's, a trem- it's I'm in the right place at the right time. Or I did make a great play as a defender and made a break on the ball and just got in front of the receiver or however I did it. He's one of those guys to me right now, and I want to see it continue. Please continue because he's the kind of guy you pull for. And Deshaun Kaiser is a backup quarterback for the Packers, so he's going to throw a pick. Rock and roll. He's going to throw a Here pick. Here we go. It's coming. Okay. Okay. So so I, I got you down for that. I'm, I'm holding you accountable right. on that one, guys. I'm, Let's do it. I'm, I'm, I'm holding you guys accountable. I can't wait until this happens. 
Okay, uh, Green Bay. You guys are going to uh, to Green Bay. Who benefits the most? We're going to talk about this on In the Loop. Who benefits the most uh, from the inner squad practice on the Texans and has the, the biggest opportunity to do well for themselves? Secondary. Corners. You're, A, having to face Aaron Rodgers. I think that's, that's part one. Part two is Devontae Adams is one of the best route running, getting off the ball, separation type receivers in the NFL. Devontae Adams, a lot of people, you know, you talk about big, the best receivers in the NFL. Devontae Adams' name probably isn't mentioned amongst those, which is a shame. It never comes up. He's phenomenal. Up. He's phenomenal. And I think that's going to be a great test for those corners. But all of the Packers receivers, Equinemius St. Brown, 6'3". Devontae Adams is 6'1", 6'2". Geronimo Allison is the slot receiver, and he's like 6'2". Oh. Jake Cumro is 6'4". Mark, uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling is like 6'2", 6'3". These are all big receivers. These aren't guys that are like like, Sud- like our guys. Suddenly I'm frightened for the joint practices. I mean, <laughs> Al Lazard is a backup that. receiver in Landry. You know him. He played at Iowa State. He's 6'5". So these are all big. They're not, they're not the Kiki QT types. So the secondary is going to get a challenge facing some big receivers. And if you think about it, that's what they're going to face. Michael mm. Thomas, week one. Uh, Jack Civilian, whatever. Uh, Keenan Allen or Mike Williams in week three. You're going to face Devin Funchess with the Colts. You're going to face uh, Kelsey and Sammy Watkins with the Chiefs at some point. So you're going to face some big receivers, and this is a good group to go against. So I think it's the secondary. In particular, the corners facing a lot of these big perimeter receivers. Yeah, because we're talking about benefits, so this is going to be a great learning experience. Yes. Even if they don't do that well, they'll know right. what they need to do. Absolutely. And hopefully they can correct it and get better. But to me, running game – I don't need to see Lamar Miller. I mean, Lamar can have right. a carry. Uh, please, we know what Lamar Miller is. I want to see Foreman and it's an in-concert right. ensemble kind of thing. I want to see Foreman and company gash some people here. I want to see that running game look good against Green Bay in these joint practices. And I know that the course of the game, it, it, preseason games are clunky. Look at last night. Now, that's the first of five for those right. teams, so it's a little bit different. By the way, Matt Schaub, oh, my gosh, 16th year in the league. Did not, and I, I like Matt. I, he did not. And I've said this before. Uh, two years ago, maybe last year, looked pretty good in the preseason. Yeah. Last night, not so good. Last night was you're watching The Shining through your fingers. Like, oh, <laughs> oh, my God. Like, it's that. Uh, it was, yeah. It was, it was The Shining. Oh, my gosh. And Lopez had the tweet of the night about uh, some financial stuff regarding him. Oh, he'll I'll get into that. that. He'll get I'll just into say that. that right now. No, but, uh, you, know, you know, he was here seven years. Yeah. Three seasons he was able to play all 16 games Look, when he, of the it, seven. But but in the in the middle years of nine, ten, now, how about this? Nine and ten he plays full years. I know we're on a cha- tangent right now. Eleven he gets hurt, and we know what happened at eleven, right? Yep. He's back for 12, and they go 12 and 4. So 9, 10, and 12 were his full seasons, and 10 was a disaster, but a lot of it wasn't on him. Yeah. The defense did, had a horrible year. That of team course. should have at least been 8 and 8, and they were 6 and 10. They should yeah. have at least been 8 and 8, maybe 9 and 7. So, you know, 9 and 7 and 09, 6 and 10 and 10, 12 and 4 and 12, his, fir- his full three seasons here. And, um, and the numbers are really good yep. from him from those seasons. But, you know, injuries, I, I think health is he about as much of, of, uh, of the cause of it as anything else for him. And Matt Ryan, by the way, has played nine consecutive seasons. Think about this. Matt Ryan, who no one ever talks about, 
and I'm not saying he's the greatest quarterback in the league, but he's certainly a good quarterback. Nine consecutive seasons starting all 16 games each of those seasons. Mm. He's on an Ironman run right now, and it's really cool. He's been to a Super Bowl, whatever, should have won that Super Bowl. Anyway, what was the question again? <laughs> uh, I think you hit it. Yeah, you hit I it. I think I answered we'll benefit it. From good. Practice. Running game. Good. Uh, yeah, uh, three of seven for minus two yards, by the way, for Matt Schaub yesterday. So not the best stat line minus that you'll ever two. see. Yeah, what kind of passer yards. rating is that? Can you have a negative passer rating? Negative 68,000, like. I think, is the uh, <laughs> passer rating. Yeah. All right, I, I need you guys to talk me off a ledge. If, if you okay. want to join me on the ledge, you can go right ahead. But something else that happened yesterday, we got our first taste of the new NFL pass interference uh, challenge role it was upheld i think this is for lack of a better term the dumbest thing i've ever seen a league do i hope that it only lasts a year convince me that this is this is a good thing for the nfl and not absolute foolishness here's the only thing i would tell you about that landry where where i'm totally in agreement with you if if it if it holds to what kind of the rumor was coming out of those meetings that it is going to be for egregious penalties and egregious penalties really only i'll be fine with it what overturning these yeah if if it overturn like i mean for example i mean the one in the championship game right if we get one of those in a game and it's not called and that gets over okay i'm fine with it it's got to be an egregious guy just grabbed a jersey just did something illegal completely illegal then then yes but if they start changing Hey, these guys are hand fighting all the way down the field, and right. Well, look right at that last second here. You see the offense a little bit of. Then it's going to be a disaster. Then, it, then I'm with Landry on that. It, but, it's such a tough review because there are too many gray areas. It's not like was his toe exactly. in or out, and every once right. in a while it's like it's touching the what you know. But usually it's pretty clear when you look at it. That's why replay. I say egregious. Yeah, it's it's going to be a tough one. I like the fact though that you could throw a flag. I really do. I think that throwing the challenge flag makes the coach think about it. I got to think about this. If they were going to stop it every time, I don't want college football or you know basketball in some cases where they stop the game all the time. You know, upstairs, I got to stop this game. Press pause on this game. I like the fact that you put the onus on the coaching staff. But now we're going to get into, and I'm surprised we haven't gone there already. Where in the coach's box, they have their own replay equipment where they can look at it really fast. Yeah. Uh, they almost need like a TV studio in there, yeah. and there's so much on the line. It, it fascinates me. I love the fact also in this game that it's an automatic review for turnovers and for scoring plays. I do like that an awful I like lot. That. It took and I the like coaches that. like that because it took the onus away from them to throw a flag in those situations. Now it's automatic, so I don't have to worry about it. The challenge flag is not quite as fra- as scarce, as fragile, mm. uh, as, as valuable as it was because uh, you know now it, you, how many times does a team Go into the locker room at the end of the game, and I, you know I didn't throw two or three of them. Right. I, I didn't throw any, maybe, or I threw keep it one. In your pocket. Yeah. yeah, you keep it in your pocket. So I, I like the fact that you can throw the flag inside two minutes. It's going to be really interesting to see if and when they stop the game because in a two minute situation, that's a breather for both sides, and I guess both sides could possibly benefit from that. Uh, I think we're going to have some really good talking points. Landry, you're going to have a lot of good talking points based on this rule. You're not in selling the coming me. Season. You're not selling me, man. <laughs> and this is the I, other I thing. I meant good for like good for talk radio, which is not necessarily good for everybody. And I want to I, mean? I want to ask Bob about this tomorrow at practice. But you know, don't you kind of have to weigh it out? Because let's say it's second and nine or something like that, and a guy gets mm-hmm. tackled, you know, six yards down the field, and it would be an automatic first down. 
is it really worth challenging knowing that you're not going to have a challenge for maybe a more a more critical play later on in the half? You know what I mean? But, like, but again, how many? How oh, many I think it's highly strategic. It, the, the flags are not the value to me. It's the timeouts that are the value. The, the, the cost of a challenge that doesn't work out is a timeout. So if I run out of challenges, my point is I think I'll be okay running out of challenges usually. Now, with pass interference on the line, maybe it changes things a little bit. But, you know, if if I get two right, I get that third, right? So uh, I'd go ahead and throw it. Now, second and nine, the situation just brought up is pretty interesting. Is it at the end of the half where I'm on a scoring drive and it's really tough going that day? You might want to think about it. Okay. All I know is our video board guys here, which is, by the way, they they just won number one video board in the league again. Uh, four out of seven years. They They're a won. dynasty. They're a dynasty. They, they are. They are a total dynasty, and they get that replay up stat so O'Brien can look at it. Unless it's going to help the opponent, and then, then it's, they, then then it's, it's like nothing. crickets up there. Then it's Toro up then, there getting the yeah. crowd loud. <laughs> <Show> Toro. <laughs> Toro. It's like, right. you know, you got Frank Reich like, oh, there's the mascot. I need to look at this. I want to get one more in with y'all before right, we start go. in the loop. All right, John Lopez is to my right. John mm-hmm. Lopez needs a job, okay? John Lopez mm-hmm. needs a job, and the Texans have to hire John Lopez to do something. Give John Lopez a role within the Texans organization, and you can't just put him, you can't just make him a security guy or something like that. He has to be doing something relatively important. Give the OG a job. Uh, we have a thing called Texans Lux, which is uh, yes, our sweet exactly environment. And I'm, I'm going to put Lopez there, and he can entertain people for the Lux events. Yeah, he can be the host. Uh, Lopez walks around with a cocktail and talks to people, and I think that's his job. You got to go with I'm your strength, exactly right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You have to play to your strengths. Drinking John. and talking, I think this is right up your alley. I think the Lux people would be waiting. Hey, when does when does OG walk in? <laughs> yeah, when does exactly. he come in? And you just walk in and you've got whatever drink in your hands, a margarita that day or whatever, and you just – that's the perfect let, role. Let that's exactly speak, what I was The, the legendary status of Lopez is this. He was the Chupacabra. Yes. Now he's the OG. Like when you go two nicknames and it spans your career and who knows what else is next, oh, yeah. that is a legendary thing. Yeah, legend. All right, guys. Thanks a lot. And In the Loop is coming up with Landry and Lopez. We're back at 6 tonight. Thanks so much for listening. Go Texans.